I thought we were just yelling about being mermaids trapped on land. <laughs> Are sirens mermaids? Yeah. I'm, but they don't have tails. Yes, they do. What? Sirens and mermaids are synonymous. No, no, no. No, I don't yeah. think that's true. I beg to disagree. I am both, and they are both, and that is what we are. And we are just luring men and trapping them to their death with our song, or we're just very hot. I don't know. So we're mid-30s. We're all single. We've all been thoroughly disappointed by the men in our lives. Yes. None of us have achieved our career goals. Um, <laughs> We're so successful. We live in different cities. Yes. And we're super hot. <laughs> we're super hot. So what do we do? What do we do now? Hi guys. Hello. Salutations. So what are we talking about this week? Well, I'll I will i will start. I went to an awesome St. Vincent's concert last night. So I'm very tired, but I also have a new girl crush. <gasps> She's like so hot and amazing and talented and powerful such a good show and everybody should like listen to her music and be a fan i'm obsessed with her i'm so jealous right now yeah she's so cool and this tour is amazing she's like a little space alien robot on stage like playing guitar up there by herself and it's like commanding Ooh. and for, for people who don't know who she is i put a video on our facebook page to check out which one? But any um, digital witness. Cool. It's a good song. So the part that I'm not, I'm not, oh, I'm not into her. Okay, go on. You don't know her. Well, you will. You will. No, I know I her. I don't know. I just she didn't capture me. No. Well, it's a weird sound she makes with her voice. That's why I like it. What? Yeah, it's not like in. It's weird sounding. Anyways, continue with your story. Well, this is the part that you guys will find most interesting, probably. So the show was at the House of Blues, mm. which is where the guy I was seeing works. Mm. And I reached out to him to say I was going to the show, and, or, and he actually got me in for free, <gasps> which was awesome. Really? So he didn't listen to our latest two podcasts, I'm guessing. <laughs> Apparently not, which is, it's, it's for the best. <laughs> Damn. Good for him. We would have crushed him. Yeah, I was worried about that. I was like, what if he listens to our podcast? Yeah, Whatever, I he think, deserves it. Well, I think he knows better that, he, I think he knows he doesn't want to know. <laughs> so I, I went with my friend because he was working at, and I was like, okay, I'm going to be a decent person. I'm going to say hi, like, and wear my way through the crowd to say hi while I was there. And I did. And he's still, like, I can still tell he's still, like, the same and, like, has all the feelings and the butterflies and whatever. And I'm like, no, we're going to be <laughs> friends. 
guy, and but I'm trying really hard not to make this a take advantage situation because I really wanted to see the show. Did he suggest like getting together? Did he re- do you feel like he regretted his ending of the relationship? It wasn't a relationship. It was like a romance. Well, I don't know what to call it. It was something. I I think he's I think he's still a little like infatuated with me. We'll say he sent me a text after I saw him, like during the show. That was like, "You looked amazing," or "You look amazing." And I was like, "I'm not responding to that. I can't. <laughs> I can't feed this." You let him eat his fucking heart out. That's all I have to say. Yeah, he ended it. Yeah. What is wrong with people? Yeah. <laughs> what? Why end something after a month if you're into the person? Why not just like see where it's gonna go? Exactly. What's the fear? What's the actual fear? Like, what are you so afraid of? Or what are you hiding that hasn't come out that you're afraid of exposing if you can't even make it past four weeks? It's okay. I think we'll be, we're better as friends. And this might be the first person who I've actually dated who I'm capable of having a friendship with. Good. Congratulations. Thank you. But, you know, maybe you would have figured that out if you kept dating and realized, like, oh, there's not a lot here, but, you know, we work better as a friendship. Then two, three months down the road, you could have just, like, organically. It just seems so dumb to end things because you're afraid of something as opposed to letting it play out the way it's going to play out. It's weird. It's like he ended things because he was afraid of the feelings that he started. Yeah, that's usually what they do. Right. But it was all on him. Right. It seems to be a very, like, either guys are super closed off and don't even want to even think about relationships. And they're like, this is never, I'm never going to be your boyfriend on the first date. Or they, like, fall super hard, super fast and freak themselves out and have to run away from it. What is that? Yeah, that's happened to me so many times. That is the story of my romantic life. Tell us. I don't I don't even know. I feel like every guy most guys I've dated it's been a version of that. Um cuz we're sirens and we're so alluring and they just mm. can't help themselves. Yeah, they like are kind of obsessed with me in the beginning and then at some point when it starts getting actually real, you know, like when you start because when you spend a lot of time together and it feels like maybe like actual feelings are building, then they get all freaked out and run away. Why? I feel like that I'm happens so to me too, for sure. Yeah, that definitely happens to you too. I wonder if it's because, what well, this isn't the case with Lauren, but you and I, Nina, both, I think, really thrive on a very intense energy very quickly. Mm-hmm. So we kind of like play into that like... <gasps> feeling and then get kind of swept up in it prematurely or I don't and I resist it and I resist it and I resist it and I kind of do what Lauren does and I'm like I don't know is this my person I don't know and then I finally give in and then I get that definitely it's always the second you're like okay well you've been pursuing me so hard for two months I'm gonna let my guard down I guess this is really gonna be something the second your brain makes those thoughts they want to end it yeah it's like they can sense and we've talked about this before they can sense that energy shift that shift in power and it's like no longer a game and it's no longer 
like it's no the longer prize. A, a chase. What? They're like, oh, I, it's no longer a chase, and they're like, right. oh, I, I caught it. Okay, next. Next, next butterfly. Next siren in my net. Right. Interesting. Um, I had another point to make, but I have now forgotten what that is. Damn it. You look really pretty. Damn it. You'll probably circle back around to it. Yeah, it'll come back to me. (laughs) Talk amongst yourselves. (laughs) (laughs) So, Nina, you kind of wanted to talk about today how we... or. Go ahead and tell us what you wanted to talk about. No, I love it. Le- Introduce me, please. I love I love it's, a good header. It's leading <laughs> in our well, leading into our previous discussion kind of coincides with what you wanted to talk about with us. So take it away, Nina. Nina. It's me. <laughs> doing. I'm doing a little jazz hand. <laughs> the water frog. <laughs> um, I wanted to talk about our styles of how we fall for people and how we get over people and like our trajectory in that pursuit and relationship and getting of a person or losing of a person. Because I think we're all so different in our respective ways of how we choose our partners and how we decide like who's going to be our partner versus how they decide if we're going to be their partner and i think it's a really interesting approach to get a very detailed explanation of like how and why we fall and what makes us get over it or not so i i'm going to start um And I, as Sarah and Lauren have told me, I fall really hard and pretty fast if I like someone. Like, if I have a good date and we have chemistry and you smell good and we make out, I will want to see you all the time and take hits of you like a drug and get drunk on you and stay up all night cuddling and really just, like, have an intense experience from the get-go. It's really hard for me to, like not want to have all the things and all the feelings really upfront and soon. But that said, I get easily distracted. And if someone isn't paying me enough attention or they start out all hot and heavy, and then I can kind of feel their energy pulling away, like I start looking for the next hit. And I'm dating so much right now. I've been on four dates in in a week. That's excessive (laughs) I am exhausted I am super hungover today I I just like I'm really tired it's so many names to remember it's so much to juggle but I did shave my legs Mm. I don't even learn their names until I like them (laughs) I will not learn your name for a first date (laughs) but like it's very personal to say someone's name in conversation and be flirty with them. So I kind of do have to remember. <laughs> Two of them had the same name this past week. So that was easier. <laughs> One less name. Yeah. Well, you also do that in your job. It's a way of selling and making experiences more personal. So yes. it makes sense you More do that. personal. Like, I want to know your name the second I'm pulling out clothes and jewelry and, like, 
putting you in something and styling you. And I want to know your name the second I'm getting a little drunky and like thinking about possibly making out with you. I've literally gone on multiple dates with someone and then been like, I don't know this person's name. <laughs> Because <laughs> I'm sure like I looked it up and knew it the moment I met them, but then just totally forgot. I have a secret. So every date before I go meet the guy, I go and I look at his Bumble profile one last time and I reread all our conversations. So it's all fresh in my mind because I have so many different conversations going usually that I forget who I've talked to what about with. Yeah. And then I say their name like a champ, like I'll say it like three or four or five times i'll be like donald 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 i'm meeting donald tonight. <laughs> so you don't go hey jeff when he walks exactly in the room. exactly because that's a really offensively bad first impression to make i would be horrified this is why i don't say names i would be horrified if someone was like hey emily and my name is nina like i would not be cool with that no. So I chant their name like an incantation of, I guess, my sirenness of, like, I know you. I've got this. I will not fuck this up. Yeah, I would get so nervous of saying the wrong name that I just don't say names <laughs> until I really know somebody. You just call them, like, you or dude or hey. Yeah, you don't really need to use someone's name if you're in a conversation with them. I do a lot of playful banter and... I'll yell a name like Jeremy. Shut up. Jeremy. Yeah, that's true. It's part of your I think I've developed a flirtatious style that does not include saying names. But yours yeah. I do like this very name oriented. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but going back to like how we fall and how quickly I I like get into someone, it it is like I get annoyed if I'm not getting enough attention back and I get really kind of pouty about it and I don't understand why if I like someone they don't want to see me all the time and aren't like making plans with me. So I'll get distracted and then I end up going on other dates and then I get distracted again with someone new and the cycle kind of repeats and it's it's really exhausting. But that said, I do get over people fairly quickly. Like and even my ex, I was over him the second I decided we were done, I was like, oh, this is not going to work. Like, you don't give a shit about me. I was over him. It, The lingering ramifications of that relationship took me a long time to get over, but it wasn't him. Like, I did not pine for him. I did not want him. I did not miss him. It's just the surrounding kind of nebulous feeling of, like, being in a relationship that I missed. But it was never about him. And I think that's a really great trait to be able to just be like, bye, <laughs> you suck, okay. But then um, I've had a few in the past year that really have shaken me up and took me a long time to get over, even when I didn't even fucking meet them, like the poet. Yeah, but that's not about them. But that wasn't reality, and right. I never even met him. In- and he dropped me for the fourth time. And you know what? <laughs> like, no feelings left. That's no good. feelings. Yeah. It took... Four times of ghosting before I was like, all right, I'm done. Yeah, it was that infatuation and you were like, I'm going to win at this. I'm going to get him. He's going to meet me. I'm going to make this happen. Mm hmm. And I couldn't. And I had decided. And when I decide things like I want them to happen, I'm really, really firm on those decisions. 
And then when I don't get my way, I lose interest and I get pouty. And that's, you know, maybe not the most mature thing, but that's kind of my reflect my reflexive response to a situation in which I'm not feeling like I'm getting a fair amount back from someone. It was like when we were at the bar, when we were at Ratzaputz in Berlin, <laughs> and you, you zeroed in on this cute guy to flirt with, and we're talking to him outside of the bar before we decided to go in and as we were chatting this guy and his friends up this what was she Swedish girl Mm -hmm. swooped in and 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 like I don't know took him away from you you're still butthurt about it oh I'm still so annoyed about that so I didn't think you'd be so but you were so upset you were like (laughs) because because she was not beautiful or more charming than I was she just cut me off like she let me do all this work to set it up and then she just came in and knocked the whole game over and I was like oh shit girl you just took my bowling ball and took and made a strike like that what I would never do that to another person and and it was so annoying because I watched them like come back into the bar after we were in there and he was talking to her and and you guys were telling me he was into her and she did not give a fuck and they didn't even end up like making out or going home or anything right I guess my question would be, why do you care about that? Like, why in that moment did you care about that stupid guy who you just met? I didn't, it wasn't about him. It was so much about my ego. (laughs) And it was so much about, like, doing that work. And, and, like, they were the ones who were saying they wanted to leave the bar. And they're like, no, we're going to go home. And I was like, come in, come in. Like, come hang out with us. And they were like, no, no, no. And then that girl came and cut me off. And then they came back inside with her. And it was like, the fuck? And also she fake complimented me, which really pissed me off. It was like, don't, don't underhandedly steal my game and pretend to compliment me and then walk away with what I was going for. That's fucking rude. She got it back karmically, though, because she wasn't into that guy at all. And she had to talk to him like the whole night and she looked really bored and annoyed. I think he looked bored and annoyed with her and he kept checking me out after that. And I was like. I was also brown out drunk, so I yeah, and you were making out with the Viking as well. I did not make out with him. We smooched. I did not make out with him, (laughs) and he was terrible. And I do remember that. But I was just so I was so frustrated, and like, you know, when your game gets shook, it's it's a real it's a real ground, uh, um, like. The rug, the rug, again with the rug, you know, the rug gets pulled out and you're like, what the fuck? I think that's a good example of when you don't get something that you want in that moment, you go Mm -hmm. a little. I go the opposite and I'm like, all right, you'll do. And then I have a weird experience with someone else. But you also get very upset. (laughs) And I got, I got upset. I was also very drunk. Yeah. So I kind of leaned into it probably more than I would (laughs) any other time. You're like, yes, I will have two more shots of Ratzaputz. Thank you. Uh, Well, you know, that's that's kind of my style. I don't think it's the healthiest. I do think it's great that when I can get over people, like, they're done and I'm done. And that's really refreshing because I don't like to let people kind of take up that brain space in my head. Yes, the pining is exhausting. You also fall for people, like a lot of people. Like you are capable oh, yeah. of developing crushes on everyone. Many <laughs> Not everyone, yeah. but it's, it's a high number. No, every it's fine. You can say everyone. I that's, would say a high like percentage. A fair assessment. I would say I put it in at least eighty percent of people you go on dates with. 
I'm not as picky as you two are, and I'm not as set in what are the things that define being attractive. I have a lot of open feelings about what I'm into. Well, so don't, don't you think though to like be able to find your actual person that you need to define that a little bit more for yourself to be like what are these course. things that I actually need and want? Yes. Yes. I do I do agree with you. Um it's definitely something I'm working on. I would just like to point out all this fidgeting Lauren is doing right now when she says yeah. I don't do anything. That's going to make noises. Yeah, on she's totally, like, fidgety. I can hear it. <laughs> I can hear everything she's doing. I can hear, I don't, I don't, I'm not going to say it. <laughs> Lauren's pubic hair is fidgeting and I can hear it. <laughs> I have pants but, on. Thank you. I don't. Okay, back to so, your story. I mean, it's it's just it's less of a story and more of this like weird narrative where things start happening and then they just kind of stop and then they start happening again with another person. Right. And I get hooked on people and then they disappear or I I realize like they're just people and not uh men who want to make out with me all night and think that that's the most important thing (laughs) okay well my two cents or perspective on this is I think you can afford when you're yeah when you're actually ready I don't know if you're still ready yet to be exclusively with one person and that's why you're so open to so many people but I think you can afford to be pickier with who you date and how you communicate with them. Before Nina got with her ex, um, there was many years of dating, kind of like she's doing now. Um, maybe not having it's like quite compulsive as, dating. Yeah, but not having mm-hmm. as much fun. I remember those experiences were maybe not as fun. But anyways, um, and then and then she started having like kind of little mini relationships that didn't work out and were very disappointing and kind of gradually got to a point where I think you were really ready for something more serious and honed in on what you were looking for and found that. I mean you did find what you were looking for. Mm-hmm. I did. Um, so she's just in the in like stage stage one. We have to make it maybe to stage, stage three. Two. Yeah. yeah, maybe stage. Maybe she's like in between stage one and stage two. Well, we don't know. But I don't think. We don't know. I don't think she's honing in on, okay, I'm ready to like seriously settle down and these are the, this is the kind of man I'm looking for. I want to say that I, I'm so open to that and like ideally that is what I'm looking for. But these guys that I'm meeting, you know, they're kind of all fuckboys. So it's really hard for me. <laughs> to see super long-term potential with anyone because I just, I don't know. Like, I think when you, when you thought you found your person, right, you thought you found like your partner and you decided that that was your person and then you're no longer with them. It's really shattering in that, like, Oh, I'm totally different. And the things I want are totally different. And I kind of am rebuilding everything I thought I wanted into something that I actually do want and that I'm capable of 
having. Yeah. And so I'm in that that phrase of mind where it's like, I'm kind of just trying out so many people right now. And I'm not sleeping with any of them. But, which is great because I, when I was younger, I would, I would be sleeping with all of them. Um, and I am taking a lot more time to, to try and get to know them. But I am still very captivated by that newness and that like, all right, this was great, but... I'm not hearing from you. I don't know what it is you're looking for. So while you figure that out, I'm going to go and, you know, date seven other people. Right. I mean, I still think you, I think part of the process of becoming ready for something serious is dating enough people and, and becoming uh, disenchanted with kind of the more casual dating fuckboy situation so that you're just like, I'm over it. I don't want to just go out with someone that doesn't have any potential for me just to have fun. Um, and, you know, you just get to that place where you're like, this is all that I'm looking for in this moment. And, mm-hmm. you know, but you have to date a lot of people. I went through the exact same thing after Brian. I was like, I don't, I don't know who I am. I don't know what I'm looking for. I don't know what's good for me. I don't know what makes me happy. Like, I'm still not sure that I have the answer to that, but I definitely know now the things I do not want in people. I can rule people out much more quickly. Mm. Um, it took a long time. I mean, yeah. I'm two and a half years of single. What's kind of stressful about dating at this age, it just feels like our timeline for like, the getting over process needs to be shortened because our timeline for dating, I don't know, this is probably very superficial, but it seems like our window of attractiveness and youth or whatever keeps getting smaller and smaller. Mm-hmm. Not ours, though. Right. We'll be, like, really pretty forever. Right. And I guess it's also a little easier since we don't want children, but if we wanted children, this would be... Oh, this would be so, the worst, most soul-crushing thing. Right. If we wanted kids, we would either be like my old neighbor <laughs> or we'd have to just go it alone. Be like, I'm not waiting for mm-hmm. a man. Yeah. Um, but I think the reason maybe why us getting over our relationships is taking so long is because two things happen. We had... We've, we all ended very serious relationships, but because of the way it happened, um, maybe the age we were at um, and just like the nature of these relationships and the ending of them, like not only did we have to kind of grieve and mourn the loss of our relationship, but I really had to figure out who I am and what I want. It really came at the end. It made me question my whole identity and, and what I what I thought I'd wanted up until that point. So there was double work there. I mean, I got over maybe the the relationship aspect of the relationship, you know, within a year. But the rebuilding of my soul and figuring out what I want out of life and what's important to me and getting rid of a lot of kind of my older uh, expectations, maybe my unrealistic expectations, my more Disney fairy tale expectations of what I thought life was going to be and what was going to bring me happiness. You know, that's been the the majority of the work I've done this year. I feel like the first year was me getting over the relationships and grieving and everything. And then in the second into third year, it's like a rebuilding of my soul, basically, and figuring out what I want out of life. 
you know, learning how to be on my own. So what we You're like a fucking lay miss song. Which one? All of them. <laughs> Do you hear the people sing singing the songs of angry men? I sing the songs of angry men. I sing the songs of angry women. I do women. too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Same. So Sarah, how would you, with what Nina was wanting to discuss with dating and your dating, I guess, um, style or falling for, how? what is yours? I actually think I'm kind of similar to Nina. We don't go for similar men at all which is a good thing. (laughs) (laughs) But um, we have similar kind of patterns a little bit, except that I don't, I don't feel that kind of chemistry with as many people. Like it just happens with fewer people. But um, for me, it's really like, this is, was my old pattern. I would meet someone and, and, in the beginning I don't really care until I like someone they can do whatever they want I was just like totally neutral almost and then a, like a switch would happen and there'd be some moment where I feel something for the person it could be a physical chemistry or some kind of cuddle some kind of emotional intimacy something gets to me I feel the switch go off and then I'm like I need this person I need this I need this and then I completely you know, a total 180 and I become obsessed with being with that person, you know, even though that switch can go off after three dates or a few weeks, you know, before I really even know the person. And then obviously my energy, even though I try not to act on it, becomes very intense in those moments. And then usually the men are like, oh, this is a little too serious and, you know, kind of like go and fuck off. Um, so that was not a winning strategy. And I kind of always wanted it. Once that switch went off for me, I wanted that switch to go off for the guy. I wanted it to be like, okay, I'm in. Now you have to be completely in. And then we can keep getting to know each other and see if it'll like actually go long term. Uh, and Brian was the only person that ever did that with me. Um, and it became, you know, we got involved in a very intense relationship. He said, I love you a month into the relationship. Um and that was really what I was looking for at that time. But obviously it didn't work out for me and, and it, it made it so I didn't see a lot of red flags that emerged in the first year of our relationship where I think if I had a more balanced view, maybe I wouldn't have, uh, we wouldn't have stayed together through all that stuff. Um, but now through a lot of therapy and self-reflection uh that that kind of tendency of mine to you know what it was I was addicted to that feeling whatever that like intense chemistry intimacy feeling that thing that floods your brain with like the love chemicals I was addicted to that feeling so when somebody made me feel that way I needed more like I felt it and I was like I love this feeling I want more and and then so I just needed to be with them to like get my next hit and because I didn't feel that with a ton of people I knew that like if that person didn't want to go there with me it could be a year or two before I felt that again with someone else um so then I would be like devastated if that went away and it would feel like it really was like a drug I would go on like highs and lows and 
when I was with the person, it would feel great. And when I wasn't, I'd be anxious and like waiting for my next hit of those endorphins or chemicals or whatever. And through a lot of therapy, I think I finally like kicked my, my love addiction. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't feel that way. Like I just, I don't have, I'm not having that reaction to men anymore. I'm able to enjoy people and spend time with them, but I'm not like getting the same kind of intense feelings from it. And uh, I'm not also craving it. I'm not looking for that from people. So I think that's a good thing. Although I don't know what actual love, like what a real relationship would feel like without that kind of infatuation. Um, Maybe I don't need anyone. Like maybe I can just be single (laughs) my whole life and just kind of date people and get my cuddle fixes here and there. I don't know. It'd be interesting to see. Yeah. I mean, a lot of times I find it much easier just to be by myself and single than it is to try to date and go through that process again and again with different people. Well, I'm actually kind of enjoying dating more now too because I'm not looking to get some kind of like intense rush from the person. And also, I'm not attaching to people kind of quickly or without, you know, I'm, I'm not just forming those kinds of like quick attachments. So it's like I can enjoy someone if they end up flaking or being disappointing. It's not, it doesn't affect me in the same way because I'm not attached to them. It's maybe like a little bit disappointing or a little sad, but it's not like, oh, my God, you've just ruined my. It's not an addiction anymore. It's more of like, yeah. Yeah, so then dating becomes fun because I'm like, well, I don't, it doesn't really matter to me what happens here. So I can just kind of enjoy the person as they are. I mean, it seems healthy. Yeah, we'll see. Fingers crossed this keeps going. I feel like I'm in a really (laughs) good place, but this could all get ruined tomorrow if I meet someone I really like and like those drugs go off in my brain again. I'm like, I need to be with this person right now. I'm like calling you. Ah!" I don't want that to happen. My next fix. I need it. I need it. I need the chemicals in my brain. I don't have any coffee. I don't have any sugar. I don't have any food. <laughs> Give me my love fix. You need something. You gotta have something. Um, I go through phases, and I think Sarah goes through phases where we like get burnt out really quick, and then we we're like, ah, oh, I'm just gonna be alone forever alone. I love being alone. I hate being alone, but I'm just gonna be alone. Because it gets so frustrating or disappointing or just like dud after dud after dud and then I get tired and Sarah gets tired. So in that way, I think we're also very similar. But then it's that kind of hope that we always have. Like we're not pessimistic people. We're very optimistic people. Like I think we want to be in love and we want to have that. And I know that we think we deserve that. So... It's like I give up, but I'll give up for a week or two or a couple months. And then I'm right back in it to win it and get my love hormone hit fixed. Yeah, definitely. And Lauren, on the other hand, is a very different study. And I'm going to introduce her. Lauren, please tell us about having intensely adamant feelings against falling for someone (laughs) and then not being able to maybe ever get over those well okay so when I have 
had relationships where I've been really intensely into someone. It's been a relationship where I've like been, it's been like an effect, infatuation at a distance for a while. So I've like observed them at a distance and I like try to figure out who this person is or learn things about them before actually getting personally involved with them and then that's when the relationships are very intense and I I do fall for them and then the getting over them is like devastating for me and it takes a very 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 long time because it's like I've I've been on the pursuit and the hunt sort of and then I get it and but it's what I wanted so I instead of running away from it like certain men do I'm really into it and I let it happen and then when it gets taken away it takes me years to recover and I can't really be emotionally open to dating anybody else while I'm in that space so relationships are really few and far between for me and if it's somebody who's pursuing me I'm like Mm, no why no mm. <laughs> I don't know You're about int- you I, you like being the hunter not the hunted right. I have to be the aggressor I guess but you're such a low-key aggressor. Like, dudes don't even know that you're into them. You're so low-key. And then Sarah and I have it's to, true. like, take over your phone and get on your Tinder and write handwritten. Because I don't want them to know. Because what but if like, they don't how... like me back? Yeah, but Lauren, like, how are you even going to travel and have one-night stands and, like, get some sex oh, if you can't even put yourself out there for that? I mean, you can pick up guys in bars for that. That's easy. Yeah, but you don't do that. Well, I do. When I feel like I really need to and want to, I do. But it's <laughs> been so long. Like, you haven't known me in my earlier days. You haven't known me pre the long-term relationship. Right. To know, like, my my more youthful dating style. Which was not really dating or relationships, but I would have no problem, like, going up to a dude that I was thought was cute and like sitting on his lap really <laughs> yeah i can't see that at all and that's very funny i cannot to me. imagine you doing that to a german man either they would be <laughs> oh my god so they would flip out. yeah well i wouldn't do that to a german man because I, I know that's not what they'd want but you know like college parties that's like what you do and then you just start making out with a stranger which I've totally done. But how many years did it take you to get over making out with that stranger? Oh, well, that none, because I wasn't emotionally involved with them at all. It was a purely mm. physical thing. And a lot of encounters for me, I've learned to separate physical from emotional. So it's like it can be more like a man, I guess, where I can have mm. fuck buddies and keep keep them around and I know it's never going to be somebody I want to date or interested in dating and I know they're not interested in dating me and that's fine and we'll just like flirt a little and only be available for late night hookups what about like okay so when I think about Lauren and her style I think about you know we, we, (laughs) we made sure you had a really good sexual experience when you were in Berlin 
right? You had yes. you had a very well, hot I was last on night a of passion, seven month dry spell. Yes, and then you had a, a fix abroad, and then it seemed to me that it took you another two months just to like stop obsessing about that guy who you had one night with. Like, well, you right, were really, because there really was pursuing it. There was absolutely no one. Well, like I actually. He was actually somebody who, if I met under different circumstances, I would be interested in dating because he was actually my type. Who mm-hmm. and my type is so rare that when I find it, I get I do get really attached and fixate on. He was so dumb mm-hmm. though; he couldn't even tell when you were like straight up offering him sex on Tinder. Well, once it was straight up offer, he showed up, but he wanted to make sure that's what was happening. Otherwise, he didn't want but to you show had to up, like, apparently. You had to, like, quadruple confirm that you would have sex with him for him to show up. It took three of us. <laughs> three of us. To get him to the bar and not have him try and meet you down the street far away yeah, that's in right. the dark. He wanted it's... you to, like, meet outside. You know, I'm... I'm... I get that. I'm a weird introvert, too. (laughs) I love it because Sarah and I had to pretend that we weren't there at the bar watching them and making sure it was going to be okay if we left her alone. And so we had to kind of nope our way out of there. Like, bye, Lauren. I have the key. I'll let you in. Bye. But you know you need you did need a lot of help in that in that arena. Well, at that point, it was like so late in the trip that I was like, well, "I'll be okay if this doesn't happen," and I'm just kind of over it. But you two were like, "No, this is happening." I was like, "Okay, so let's make this happen." Like, you've been I'll talking let, to him for I'll a week. You... Well, he was away the whole like part of my trip. He was like somewhere. He was traveling during that time. Mm. He was there like the first two days, and he was there just the last day. And, and to be also- fair, here in Germany, it can take a really long time for Germans to set up a stupid date on Tinder. Right. A week is a very mm. short time span. Even for me to want to go out with somebody, that's it takes me. Like, somebody asks me out for tomorrow, I'm like, mm, I don't know. I have to, like, mentally prepare myself to do that. And you're like, I will have, <laughs> I will see you in an hour. If it's like, me yeah, it's like, okay, are you available in five minutes? I'll be there. Not five minutes. I, I need usually about two hours to like really pull myself together and get in the zone. But impromptu and I cancel dates, I don't or do that. I postpone a lot. Yeah. But I just, I guess like that's so my style of like winging it and, and last minute. I'm like, all right, let's see, you know, because I don't spend so much time obsessing about that. It's like I don't even have time to get in my head about it. I'm either just going to show up or I'm not. Yeah, I'm the same way when it comes to online dating. No, I'm like I need. And if to, we're chatting, I need to sufficiently vet you before because when the the <laughs> few times that I have been spontaneous and gone on dates with people, like the day we matched or whatever, they've been the worst dates I've had. Yeah, I mean and you I'm can't like, get burned like me and homeless guy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Shoeless homeless. Shoe, shoeless homeless. <laughs> no, that was I a spontaneous date. <laughs> He's like, I, I just really story. need somewhere to sleep tonight. Can you meet me? Yeah. That happened to me with the British musician. Oh, yeah. Who was like, oh, yeah. I'm going to move in with you now. And I was like, wait, wait. Wait, what? What, what happened? <laughs> what? 
Okay, no. <laughs> You're like, really, you gotta go now. You can't be homeless in my house anymore, thanks. Uh, yeah. It was cute for like 10 minutes, and then I was not happy with my decision to let him stay. Yeah, like and the... that's it's oh, also sorry, another good. rule for like the first night. I don't stay and he doesn't stay. You gotta go home. Yeah. The chef that I'm dating now just texted me like sushi emojis and a question mark. Like that was just first... now? No, no, that was his first message to me. Oh. It was like... Ever? Yeah. It was just sushi and like plus like a plus sign and maybe like a beer or something and then a question mark. And I, okay. I was not going to respond. I was like, that's it. But I was like, okay, yeah. So I wrote back and I was like, yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> Where's a good sushi place? <laughs> but does that mean like sushi or does that mean like I want to eat you? No, no. It was like actually sushi. He took Germans are sushi literal, Nina. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. If they want to have sex with you, they will say that. They will say that. Or they say they they want to have fun. They'll be like, do you want to have fun? Which Maybe. I think is a very manipulative thing to say. Because who... That's so open. Who doesn't want to have fun? But they when they talk about fun, it's only sex. And I was like, I would like to have fun. But that doesn't include me sleeping with a stranger. I am fun. Does that mean I'm just sex? Yeah, it's lame. <laughs> yes. For such a literal culture. Like, why have you co-opted the word fun? Well, they also ruined the word affair. Or fling or whatever. Yeah, fair. Um, just to wrap up our last topic, I just wanted to say that I couldn't imagine two more different people than Nina and Lauren in terms of dating and romance styles. <laughs> they are polar opposites. I'm kind of in the middle mm-hmm. because Nina can like yes, what ne- go after what Nina someone. Does- it's just like exhausting to me. I'm just like, I don't know how you do it. I'm exhausted just hearing about your dates and how many dates you're going on. I'm exhausted too. But it's so fun. <laughs> Not just that, but if you're at a bar, like if you want to hit on a guy, you have no problem just like making a beeline right for the person you see and being cute and Can I just Can I reveal another little secret? I was on a date recently and I I was having fun and I liked him but I wasn't into him and there were no sparkles. There were 20 guys in this bar and I I could have got like they were so hot. There were just hot men surrounding us and I just felt really stuck. Like I really wanted to talk to other dudes and you can't That's do that. And it's yeah. like it's so frustrating cuz it's like being in front of a buffet you your date. and then all you can have is the the salad appetizer. The goulash. Oh, I love goulash. I wanted real goulash and I had a salad and I was not satisfied. So I mean, I have that dating like I do has its own sets of problems. But if I ever went to a bar by myself and like was just expecting 20 men to be attractive to me, that wouldn't happen. Right. Of course. No, they, they're never they never are where you go. Like when we would go <laughs> as two ladies, it was always it clam was bakes. Always. There were never any any dudes. And if there were dudes, they were gay or exactly. On a date. Or the bartender who was not available to flirt as much as we needed to flirt. Lauren, you should tell the Nina on the Berlin U-Bahn story with Pacai. Oh, my God. (gasps) Yes. Well, okay. I do have to say one thing, too, about my, 
you guys knowing me and my current dating style, it's because after you've known me after my ex and my mm-hmm. heartbreak, like my dating confidence was so shattered, like, and I'm still kind of regaining it. So that's why I'm even extra closed <laughs> off and self-conscious about like talking to strangers, which I might have done more in the past. And I'm just like, I don't even know if you're worth my time anymore. Okay, so back to the story. So Nina and I were on our way back from a museum going back to our um, Airbnb in Berlin and we're both sitting and this guy, this very tall, very handsome Jamie Dornan looking German who's even hotter he was than Jamie hot Dornan. Fuck. <laughs> he we were like both we didn't know this but we were both apparently staring at him and he like glanced over at like both of us and like i gave him a little smile which i almost (laughs) never do and nina apparently gave him a big old grin which i didn't know i didn't know we were both flirting with the same dude and then all of a sudden out of nowhere she like waves him and waves him over and then he came over and i was like oh my god why is this what what are you doing what are you doing flagging this man over and oh my god i can't believe he's actually responding to this and coming over (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then she asks, asks him, like, where's a good place to, like, go out? Or we're, like, we're American and we're new to Berlin. Where should we go have drinks? And he actually tells us this bar and she couldn't, like, understand <laughs> what he was saying because of his heavy German accent. And then he tries to spell it, but with his German letters and it was totally, like, misspelled or whatever. But he was standing there and, like, ch- talking and engaging and I was just, like, beat red the whole time this was happening because I was like, oh, my gosh, this man is, like, actually so beautiful. And I would, like, <laughs> jump him in a second if I wasn't so, like, flustered and on a train. And then, like, immediately she was like, will you be there? You're so handsome. And then he turned beat red and, like, ran off the train. <laughs> oh, he did tell us to go to, like, that amazing bar. And then we ended up at Ratzepute. So that's all thanks to the very smoking hot German man who I had no compunction talking to and you know what if you're that gorgeous i'm gonna tell you (laughs) and you and you did and she also in london she picked up well she picked up the hot guy oh my god another hot ladies we're traveling and we're cute like why not just talk to people what does it cost us we had the funnest nights because of these people because i said hi I'm so bad at just talking to people. I can kind of do it if I find an organic, like, opener, but I can't do what you do, Nina. Yeah, you're great at, like, the openers. I, I think, like... By just saying yeah. hi. It's so it's so simple, but, you know, you don't have that, that reservation about because doing it. Because I'd rather... Here's what I learned, and I learned this pretty early on. I think I learned this around 17 or 18, maybe 19, the latest, like... I have more regrets when I don't put myself out there and I don't say hello to someone and I see someone handsome and I don't act on it because I really have this faith that people are put in front of us for reasons sometimes or like we have all these ins and openings and like I'll see someone that I grew up with or I'll see a friend that I haven't seen in five years or I'll see someone I used to do improv with like I think that's that's kind of the sign like I should say hello or I should put myself out there or this person's so handsome or attractive to me like I really will be more mad if I don't do anything and I don't make a move than if I did and got rejected because the rejection costs me nothing I don't know them 
So that's why I said hi to the guy doing the crossword puzzle on the train the other day. Like, he came and sat down next to me. I had to say something. I'm not going to sit there for 20 minutes and, and be in my head about nothing. So I, I'm in my head about at least, you know, feeling stupid because he had a girlfriend. But there was no way I was going to know that unless I asked him. And I asked him. Right. Right. And maybe dating would be so much easier if more people had your approach to it. It's the... Or meeting people in public yeah. instead of the online yeah. thing. Um, it's definitely trickier in public because you don't know who's attached. And you unless they have a wedding ring on, like, you really don't know. And that, to me, is where my frustration you're, you're not, comes in. You're not afraid No, I, and I ask right away because I'm not going to talk to someone and waste my time and not ask. The Nina philosophy. That's it. What's yours? Um, I try to get the person to come to me, but I send out like a lot of energy to subtly do that. I like make myself more beautiful. I focus my third eye on that person. I'll look for opportunities to place myself near them so that they can talk to me. It usually doesn't work, but sometimes it does. I think it does. And Lauren, what's your what's your strategy? Yeah. Well, I try really hard to like come up with a clever opener or, or first line, and I don't usually I don't usually go for the straight up high. I'm Lauren, <laughs> like that's just not my style. Even though that would be the easier, simpler, less energy dispensing way of doing it. But I remember this first one. I had this great first liner when I was in college and I ended up dating this guy. He was, um, there was like a big party at a bar and he was wearing, a. it was a Christmas party and he was wearing a sweater that said, for Christmas, I want it all. So he came up and ordered a drink next to me and I turned around to him and said, hi, I'm all. <laughs> and I thought that was so good. good. That got him, it worked. That's hot. I was like, I was working that one in my head for a really long time until I had the opportunity that he was like close enough for me to like pull it out. So Lauren basically just needs a man with a slogan t-shirt that can skew dirty <laughs> and she's golden. Yeah, if you get it, like, I need to have something. Yeah, to you need like of. the perfect one-liner you're not going to talk to the person. Yeah, pretty much. I'm terrible with one-liners. It's like all I'm good at, and then the rest I just want to run away. <laughs> I just try to like open up my energy so that the person will come into it and start a conversation with me. Does that work? Yeah, sometimes. I think Sarah's very alluring and attractive and siren-like in that way. Like she makes her eyes all big and she sticks her tits out and she like <laughs> does all this like subtle like shoulder and like neck and moves her hands like she's like focus on here and here and here and like she's like a like a flight attendant like pointing out the exits but they're not exits like they're her assets (laughs) yeah i do that and and lauren does like the peacock thing where she'll also like elongate her neck and she'll kind of make like a semi-disgusted face like like she's still so beautiful but she's kind of sneering like she's better than it (laughs) 
and she's like, oh. I do the eye thing and like the yeah, smirk Yeah, and she'll thing. do like a very smirky kind of tongue-in-cheek, like PJ Harvey. You, you don't know if you, you really want to mess with her, but you're very intrigued because she yeah, looks edgy. Eyebrow. Like she looks like she could cut you because she's that edgy. <laughs> And I uh, can. Yes, she can. I'm also really good at getting a conversation going once it's been started. So, like, Nina, if you approach people and you get us, you get an opening, then I can, like, keep the conversation going. Yes. I, I jump in pretty quickly. Yes. Oh, so you two would be, like, an unstoppable team. Well, we, you know, we tried to wing woman you as hard as possible on those nights when we were out, so... Well, Sarah did an excellent job in yeah. London one night, and I totally let that ball That's drop. on you, lady. That's on you. Yeah. Yep, I know. I wasn't ready. It was too soon. I was too emotional yeah. being there. But at least you know, like, we have your back, and you could have done it and been safe, and it would have been okay. No, I, I, definitely. I was, I was a little yeah. regretful, for sure, but I was also scared that he would be a murderer and I wouldn't know where I was in this big city. So that's, that's that my fear my all day, meditation. every day. I live in bed. I have no idea where the fuck I am. People in London are yeah. easy to hit on though, because like the, I think the men are usually pretty outgoing well, and the, the women too, they're used to the women yeah. like hitting on them. So when they're, they get hit on they're like okay yes and also like nobody's very attractive there so if you're just even (laughs) a little bit above average you're like the most beautiful woman in the bar oh i think british guys are so cute (laughs) well british guys are but british women aren't like i don't know how that works it's a lot of makeup Sarah's like they, no. They you remember like the orange caked on makeup yeah they would have like a line around there they they wear a yeah, lot. It's because they never have any sun and they don't know and they have well, to like they're trying. With their, their water to is terrible the there. I got I remember I came home from London and my skin was a mess. My hair was a mess. Like just the water quality there. I hmm. my body rejected it. Like I was broken out. I had these like cystic zits. My hair was really really lank and dank. Like I just. I didn't feel clean when I was there. Like, I couldn't get a good clean from that water. Like, it really didn't agree with me. And I loved London, but I just, my skin had such a reaction to it. Yeah. Well, you're not really supposed to drink the tap water there. And that's probably why, because it's not, like, purified in any way. Gross. But Germany, I, I felt good when I came back from Germany. The German water does something bad to my hair. Mm. Gets very like crunchy feeling. Well, the spa did wonders for me, so. Oh, the spa! I want to go back. It's all I talk about. Are you still? Are your is your chef still supposed to take you to the spa, or are you just like skipping? No, over I want to go to the spa. I don't know maker. if he wants to go out with me when we get back. Hopefully, we'll do a spa day. Well, Sarah, when you're here, we can podcast together. I know I thought about that. Isn't that exciting? But we probably won't. We'll probably still do it like this because you'll be in Brooklyn and I'll be in Washington Heights. Well, maybe I'll come over. Yeah, listeners, I will be in the U.S. for two weeks <laughs> starting tomorrow. Woo-hoo. Did you get my products? Huh? Did you get my products? I got two of them. Which I had ones? to order two of them. What? So I have to go back tomorrow what? to get them. Which um, ones? But it's fine. It's fine. 
uh, yeah, I'll be in the state. I'll be in D.C. for a week and New York for a week. So um, we could do a live show, guys. We could. We could just hologram Lauren in. <laughs> She'll choreograph a whole Sia routine and we'll just holograph we could, it in. We could probably do a live show in one of our apartments with all of our listeners, which would be like 10 people. It would be, it'd be a really nice, solid pack of 12. <laughs> Yeah, we consistently have at least like there's this, forty listeners. That's really good for a show. Yeah, maybe this is a thank you listeners. Thank you guys. We appreciate you. We we still really like you. Maybe this is a good time to say follow us on Twitter, Sirens Shrieking, and Instagram Shrieking Sirens. Yeah. And Facebook, Shrieking Sirens. And please make comments on our pages. Even though if you personally know (laughs) us, don't reach out to us via our our personal cell phones. Leave messages and comments on social media. So it looks like people are interested. Maybe retweet us, like our Instagram posts. Nina is responsible for all Instagram posts. And she is amazing at it. So you'll want to follow her. And it's really hard to find mermaids that aren't just blonde and naked so they're all feminist angry feminist angry or happy or or diverse i try and do a lot of diverse mermaids and really showcase they're they're very on brand brand. intersectional uh not overly sexualized mermaids which is again a really hard thing to find so i i am open to any mermaid and siren suggestions that aren't exploitive of women and uh embrace our culture of feminist mystique i do the twitter so you'll want to follow that because i try to tweet out witty things every once in a while and uh, it's just really depressing only having 50 followers. So come on, follow us. Let's build it up. Um, and then Facebook was... Uh, and Lauren... I sort of do the Facebook, and most of mine is politically oriented. Yeah. Oh. But we all do Facebook, too. And we would just love to have more of, like, a community interaction because we post a lot of cool articles and pictures and we need some questions yeah we need your questions guys yeah, yeah and we need your questions we didn't have a question to discussion. answer today yeah so we had to a- ask each other questions and like how annoying is that um and we just want to build up this brand because we think we're doing something really cool and uh we love our listeners but if we could reach more people of similar minds share with Share with your friends. Yeah, tell people about us. We're like the um, one sex thing you can share that isn't dangerous. Yeah. Yes. We have nothing going for us in our lives. So this would really <laughs> that mean a lot to us. That is not true. That is so <laughs> bullshit, Sarah. <laughs> you this would mean a whole lot to us. Are underselling yourself and us. <laughs> I know. But I love hearing that like people we went to elementary school are listening. I love hearing that like my enemy from eighth grade is listening. So I know I get the randomest. Uh, <laughs> the randomest people have started listening, and I love it. I love it too. We're so happy. So, and if you have thoughts for topics yeah. too, like we would love those. Um, you can really make Articles. this what you want it to be, listeners. We're just your mouthpiece. Feel free to post articles to our Facebook page. If there's things that you want us to read and discuss, we will do that. Also, subscribe to us on iTunes and rate us on iTunes so we can get like an iTunes rating. 
and rate us five stars. No four stars, no <laughs> yes. three stars. I don't care if you think we're only three stars five. or two stars. Just do it five stars because you like us. <laughs> do us a solid. Or you can just do what my mom did and listen to half an episode, stop listening, and then tell me it sounds great, but that you have notes. <laughs> Did she give, oh, I'm did never she give asking for them. I do not want to hear these notes, but that was my favorite. Like, <laughs> that's just me and my mom, though. It's a very special, unique relationship. Well, my mom tried to listen, but she refuses to download any of the <laughs> platforms to listen to it okay. on. And I was like, well, you can listen to it on SoundCloud can listen to it through iTunes. She's like, I'm not going to do that. They get all of your information. I don't want them to know anything about me. I don't want to log in and have an account. And I was like, okay, well, you don't also don't need to listen. She's like, well, I wanted to see what it was like. But, yeah, sweetheart, I don't think I'm going to listen to it. I have to do all that. <laughs> Why don't you just send her the raw copy that you email yes. us? I can probably sh- – I got her an Apple TV, so when I go home, I could show her how she can listen to it through the Apple TV. <laughs> All her information, though, is compromised. <laughs> because there's iTunes, obviously, she's never through use it. She's iTunes on the Apple TV, yeah. so – Oh, man. Isn't all our information compromised, like, the second we go outside and use anything but cash to, like, get anywhere? Yes. I told her that. I was like, they have it all. It doesn't matter. <laughs> doesn't matter. We're all we're all compromised. I know. It's not a secret. Yeah, like nothing there's no secrets. So let's just talk about it and be frank and open and accept it and accept each other and and like figure it out in a nice way. Lauren, has your mom listened to the podcast? (laughs) Oh, I would never no, I she doesn't even know I'm doing this because it would be awful. She doesn't want to know. She doesn't need to know. Does Carol know? Like, uh, uh, probably. As far as she's concerned, I'm a virgin. Aww. Wow. Wow. That would be really that's, sad that's for you if all that we was have true. To... <laughs> yes, but we can just leave it at that. She needs to know nothing about my dating history. Or my personal thoughts. <laughs> And also, I'm much, much, much more liberal than my parents. Oh, yeah. They like very much disagree with a lot of a lot of my stances on things. So we, it's like a don't ask, don't Got tell it. family. Mm-hmm. Are there guns in your house, Lauren? No, I would not be okay with that. Okay. Fortunately, my dad has never been into that, and his side of the family's not into that. My mom's side is, though. They're <sighs> gun enthusiasts. Really? That's why I post so many anti-gun things <laughs> to my Facebook page to be like, I'm, I'm looking at you guys. Yeah. And speaking of, we do need to reform gun policies. This is fucked up. We don't need any more school shootings or theater shootings or concert any, shootings or any, any kind mass of shootings. This is bullshit. No, no shootings. No shootings. Like, nobody should be owning automatic yeah. weapons that should not be in the general population. Let's get some common sense reform gun laws. And in so place, many people. other countries have such strict gun laws that it's like you have to take three written tests. You have to get your license renewed every three years in Japan. Like, you have to get a mental examination if you want a gun. You have to go see a therapist and take a test. And, like, you are vetted so heavily to get a gun that, like, in. It just, 
And you should be. I, I, uh, I can't even talk about it. I get so upset. Right. Something that's capable of taking a person's life. It's designed life. to take people's lives. Yeah. It's not even capable of it. It's like that's the <laughs> design of it. That's yeah. its function is to kill things. Right. Right. So if that's not your purpose of having a gun, right. don't have a gun. I don't get the protection aspect of it. Like there's, there, you're not protecting somebody's... anyone from anything. Well, statistically, Wait, if you if... have a gun, you're more likely to be shot by a gun. <laughs> so it's like, okay, <sighs> that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, exactly. Like the police officers in the UK and Japan and many other developed countries, they don't even carry guns. And the shooting rate is so much lower because criminals don't need to carry guns because they're, they don't have to have that like standoff. Right with the authority. I was out last night with a friend and he was asking me if I felt like safe in my new neighborhood and I was like, I feel safe I feel safe all over this city. There's no place I feel unsafe because if I'm if I'm, you know, on a dark street with a stranger, like he doesn't have a gun here. I can take him. Like there's nothing someone can do to me. In the states, like you don't know who has a gun. No. It's very dangerous. Someone tries to mug me here. They just, like, grab your purse and run away. Someone in the States, they, like, you know, can hold a... Grab your purse and yeah. shoot yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Knives don't scare me that much. I can just, like, hit their hand, I feel like, or something. Right. The likelihood of dying from a stab wound is so much lower than yeah. from a bullet wound. Yeah. And I'm just, like, yeah. I don't... I feel like I could take them. I'm a pretty sturdy person. I just sit on them. <laughs> exactly. Take them down. I just butt. would I yell at them. The, the person that tried to like mug yeah. me, I thought was trying to mug me. Yeah. And I like grabbed him and got in his face and he was so scared. I was Alpha Sarah. And also the range for that to happen. Like a gun, you can be literally a block away and still mm-hmm. be harmed. But for somebody with any other means of harming you, it has to be right in your face. And there's like, many other things you can do to deter that just kick for the yeah, balls yeah kick them in the balls take it take out their knees Punch sweep the, the legs like sit on them i i just start yelling yeah. usually freaks Scream. people out but if they have a gun and you're yelling at them they'll probably right. shoot you yeah i'm more scared almost and guns guns are not toys either if they people that want to keep their guns because they like having their guns fuck you it's not a toy i'm more worried about like getting accidentally shot like having a gun go off and just being in the wrong place at the wrong time and not not even like being directly shot but just yeah like walking and getting into something stray bullet that's going for somebody else like that's what scares me more than in in theory than like actual direct conflict it's like it's just that that wrong wrong place wrong time like didn't realize what was going on have to be afraid of guns exactly the idea that sitting in high school you would have to be afraid of guns is crazy yeah and we were in high school when the first one happened we were i was a sophomore in high school when columbine happened and i remember that and i was scared and didn't know what was happening and I was really pissed off that like people were trying to blame like Marilyn Manson yeah, yeah they for, did like, try to blame his... Marilyn Manson and it's like 
fuck you. He doesn't have a gun. He didn't put a gun in those kids' hands. Just had angry Walmart lyrics. Did. We're going to blame angry lyrics over, like, a deadly weapon. Yeah. All those, all those posts about, like, how, you know, when the shooter is white, it comes down to, like, mental health. But then if the shooter is black or brown, like, it's, it's about, it's like, terrorism, terrorism and, and being a minority and you know, social status and economic status. Like it's just, and then it's that whole thoughts and prayers versus like action. Yeah. That's all, that's all propaganda. It's just propaganda. They don't want to do anything about it. Yeah. Because, because the gun money funds like most of our government. I I think, I mean, that's part of it, but it's also like the base, the people that are really into guns and the second amendment are a really vocal part of the Republican base and they vote on that so like they're afraid of them the second amendment never had there were no automatic rifles when the second amendment was written that was not what our forefathers were trying to protect they were trying to protect shotguns so let's when you talk to people that are really into gun rights they are actually afraid of like government tyranny and like a government takeover and they they think this is like how they protect themselves it's like all those people forming militias and stuff it's crazy which is frightening itself it's all it's all just so tragic and frightening and bullshit and so fucked up like no other country no other nation deals with this in the way that we do there's been a shooting every single day this year and this year is two and a half months over right and not only just small shootings large large mass shootings insanity (sighs) guys i have to go babysit now all right on that okay. note. On that note, have fun protecting the things. Be safe, follow us, ask yes, us your questions. You know, we're trying to like we're trying to keep some perspective in this fucked up mess of a world that we're in right now. But also like we're we're here. We're here to protect you emotionally too. So Yes, we're here yes. to empathize yeah. with you. Alright. Shrieking Sirens okay. episode nine. No, this is episode seven. Sarah! No, we're on episode no, nine. No, you can count the episodes. If you don't, I didn't count the bonus app. Ugh. There's, okay, whatever. There's eight episodes, whatever, including the bonus episode. I counted them. All right. I disagree, but thank <laughs> we're you. We're going to do okay, we'll, well, you we'll guys can this decide online. for yourselves. Tail fight later. <laughs> Bye. 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 Bye.